Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Jeroen Plink, the COO of the Legal Tech Hub, a board member at Case Text, and the former CEO of Practical Law US, and Jeroen Petting, the founder and CEO of The Lighthouse Group, a provider of management and trade support to Western companies doing business in Russia and Ukraine. Jeroen, Jeroen, great to speak with you both. Likewise, thanks for having me. Thanks for having us. Jeroen, please tell us about your background and your role at the Legal Tech Hub. So my background, a former CEO of Practical Law US, currently running the Legal Tech Hub in the world's preeminent insights and analytics firm for legal tech. I'm here because in the early 90s, when I met Jeroen, it's a very common name in the, in the 70s in the Netherlands, we met at law school and I co-founded an organization, the Mara Foundation, which at the time sent humanitarian aid to former Yugoslavia. And we now teamed up with Jeroen Ketting who, uh, to support the war in or to support humanitarian aid to Ukraine. Jeroen Ketting, tell us about your background and the genesis of the Lighthouse Group. My background uh, started obviously when I met the other Jeroen, which was 32 years ago, but then a couple of years later, four years after Jeroen and I met, I, I went to Russia. This was in 1994, and I established a number of companies uh, there and later also in, uh, in Ukraine. So, uh, but for, I think for this talk, actually what I've done in business up to the start of the war in Ukraine, which is uh, the 24th of February this year, everything that I did before is not so relevant because basically I put all that on hold in order to start a humanitarian initiative that we're now talking about, which is called Lifeline Ukraine. What we've been doing actually to start with the end where we are now, we've affected over 2 million euros of aid in the last uh, roughly 100 plus days. So that is what has been my life since the 24th of February. And I must say that my business life already seems almost like a previous life. It seems like a long time ago. Jeroen Plink, how has your legal tech background and network influenced the humanitarian work on which you're collaborating? The legal tech background, and it's more the community actually that has supported. There's quite a few people in the network or in our community that have supported the efforts of Lifeline uh, Ukraine. My background as a, as a co-founder of Legal Tech Hub and before the founder of Practical Law US has actually taught me some of the, the business principles on which we've founded Lifeline Ukraine, which is more or less based on let's do this thing as a business. So I think you're getting can and probably talk, talk more about that, running it on a day-to-day basis. Jeroen Ketting, how have you modified your business knowledge and logistics expertise to support your community? Well, how it started actually is that I identified the need, and that's what we all do when we're in business, right? So um, I had these companies and, and employees in Russia and in Ukraine, and since the beginning of the war, uh, from my Ukrainian colleagues and business partners, just heard that you know they have all these problems. They live in these cities which are being bombed continuously. They are spending weeks and weeks in bomb shelters and so on. And in the end of 
February, they were telling me, like, we don't receive any aid. I said, like, don't you see the UN or don't you see the Red Cross or whatever? They said, no, nobody. So here there was a direct need. And then I took the initiative to fulfill that need where, you know, uh, I immediately uh, involved Jeroen because of his prior experience with this uh, Mara Foundation during the Yugoslav War almost 30 years ago. So basically, I identified the need. And then I said, okay, what's the value proposition that we have? So I said, okay, what is it that we can do that nobody else isn't doing? And what is actually needed on the demand side? And the demand side is the war zone and the conflict areas in, um, in eastern Ukraine. And basically what it led to is that we are helping those people who do not receive large-scale international aid. We work demand-driven. We established our own fully controlled end-to-end supply chain because, you know, in all honesty, in these countries like Russia, but Ukraine is definitely as well, you know, you have a lot of corruption, a lot of compliance risks, let's say, which meant that we also started making our own last-mile deliveries to the areas that are hardest to reach for, as well, the small individual aid initiatives on one hand, you know, for whom it's too dangerous to get there. But also the UN and the Red Cross, they can also not get to these hard to reach areas because of insurance issues and so on. And we decided, okay, we're not going to build an organization just for the purpose of an organization. So we said, okay, we're going to make it zero fixed overhead. It's going to be completely volunteer based. And it's also going to have a very clear finishing point. It's going to have a very clear end on the 31st of December of this year when we say, okay, we've done our bit, more than a bit, I would say, but we've done our thing. And now we continue with with business. So in that sense, all of these principles, they really are all rooted in what I've always done as a businessman and as an entrepreneur. And to finish, so what we've started to do is providing day-to-day help through supplies of medicine, food, hygienic care, uh, disposable tableware, and so on. Then we progressed into what I call medium-term help, so supply of of durable, non-consumable goods, such as mattresses, water containers, medical equipment. Now we're progressing through to the third level of providing small-scale solutions to, to repair damaged infrastructure through the delivery of generators, water filters, solar solutions. And finally, and this may be very interesting to your community as well, is that we're working on the first projects where we actually provide business acceleration solutions aimed at reviving small Ukrainian SMEs that have become derailed because of the war. And we do that by providing the market access, microfinancing, value-adding, technology transfers, and so on. And taking in mind that Ukraine is a very strong tech-based country. You know, a lot of the Western companies that have anything to do with tech, they have their developers in Ukraine. And I'm sure Jeroen Plink will know a few examples of them. But here on this fourth level of our activity, which is really helping Ukrainians get through the war by creating bridges between Western and Ukrainian businesses, this is really something that can be of interest to your community. Jeroen Plink, what business practices, for example, can individuals in the legal community apply to support their broader community initiatives? Actually, the way we're running this is we really run this as a company, and I think that's a pretty good example, is what you see in many NGOs is they're trying to do good, but that doesn't mean that it's done well. I think we're taking a different approach here, and we're approaching everything as if it is a business, from fundraising, which is effectively the the equivalent of sales. We've identified our targets, a pipeline for fundraising, 
how you run a sales operation. Sourcing is done professionally by people who have been uh, doing sourcing for large companies and are all part of our network of volunteers who are supporting Lifeline Ukraine. We have logistics experts, so Jeroen is a logistics expert. We, his partner, uh, who's based in Ukraine, also has run a logistics company. So it's all done in a very professional and business-like like way, making sure that supply meets demand. It's almost like you know, what you do in a legal tech company is make sure that there's product market fit. Well, we actually, by talking to the local NGOs, we know what is needed. We source on that on that need. So the, the other day, there was an immediate need for water containers. Um, we actually anticipated that, and we could deliver those water containers way faster than any other large uh, NGO. And then finally, I think what we're doing quite well is in, uh, outsourcing where we can. So as uh, Jeroen Ketting just said, is it doesn't make sense to build a full organization. So that's why we're very happy that we can rely on the Mara Foundation, who have now set up a structure and that has been going for 28 years right now. And that structure actually supports us from being gifts being tax-friendly. In the US, we're a 501c3 organization, so people can donate to us through tax-free gifts. Jeroen Ketting, how do you see this initiative developing and how can the legal and tech community support your efforts? Unfortunately, well, our initiative depends very much of how the reality in the field in Ukraine develops. And unfortunately, those developments aren't positive. Maybe what you see is that the needs are changing continuously in Ukraine. We need to have continuous communication with our recipients in the field. At this moment, you have a fuel and logistics crisis inside Ukraine. There are many problems with um, with displaced people. So one out of three Ukrainians is displaced. There are 44 million Ukrainians, 8 million are displaced inside the country, 6 million outside of the country. And there's a big problem that soon, and that's sooner than we think, autumn and winter will arrive in Ukraine. And autumn and winter, they're very cold in Ukraine. There are a lot of communities, there are a lot of towns and villages uh, that are completely destroyed. People have no place a place to live. A lot of the fuel, a lot of the coal that would come out of eastern Ukraine is now in Russian-occupied territories and so on. So basically what we need to do as quickly as possible is move from the day-to-day aid to, let's say, a situation where we can help the Ukrainian economy develop itself through SME acceleration. So we should help at a certain point, and that's where I see Lifeline Ukraine developing to. We should help Ukrainians basically help themselves. And we can do that by providing them with business contacts, with market access, with microfinancing, and so on. And this is something where the legal tech community can can play a big role. Obviously, what we need, as Jeroen already said, you know, we, we need financial donations. That's number one. Secondly, what we need, and a lot of people are doing that, is bringing our initiative, bringing Lifeline Ukraine under the attention of others in their social circles or in their professional networks. What we need is that people share what we are doing with Lifeline Ukraine. We have a fantastic site where you can very well see what we're doing. We need people to share that on their social media. We are very much helped if you don't have a possibility to finance or to donate financially. 
But if you can find, for example, potential corporate donors who can give financial or in-kind donations, that's very helpful as well. We have, by the way, raised three times as much in-kind donations as we raised financial donations. They're very important as well. So these are donations in goods. What Jeroen already said, the sourcing, you know, we're doing our sourcing very professionally, but if there are people who can help us with that sourcing, that's very good as well. And in the end, if we come back to the legal tech community specifically, if the US legal tech community would be open or is open to getting into contact with Ukrainian smaller size to medium-sized law firms to help them become more efficient, if they're interested, if the legal tech community is interested in having contacts with Ukrainian software developers and so on. This is something where in the end, Lifeline Ukraine can play the biggest role. And in the end, those kind of contacts and those kind of business links that have a long-term impact, they're much more important than, let's say, providing a pack of diapers or a mattress or a generator even. So this is really, on one hand, where your listeners can help but also where we will be developing to. And if your listeners will be a part of that or are interested to be a part of that, you know, they, they can reach out to Jeroen Plink, they can re- reach out to me. And then we do really something different than what, I don't know, the Red Cross or the UN is doing. You know, we're creating links, we're creating businesses, we're helping people sustain themselves with their own livelihoods. And this is the type of aid that is, uh, as it, in a biblical sense, you know, not giving them a fish, but but giving them a fishing rod and teaching them fish or help them to fish. So that is what I hope we will be moving together in the next couple of months. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Jeroen Plink, the COO of the Legal Tech Hub, and Jeroen Petting, the founder and CEO of the Lighthouse Group, who are collaborating on Lifeline Ukraine. Gentlemen, it's an honor to speak with you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.